It is so great to see uh, so many of us here this morning. Um, usually when I know I'm going to be speaking in a couple of weeks, uh, the weeks leading up to it, God gives me a word for a, a title and he guides me through writing what I'm going to say. And the word that he gave me for this talk was the word drought. And I'm like, that seems quite fitting. We've had pretty hot summer, not going to lie. Um, and I kind of think this is God's sense of humor. Uh, when I started writing this talk, uh, I found out that the West Mids was declared to be in a drought. And I'm like, man, your timing is great, God. Honestly, um, that just made me smile. Um, so if you want a title for today's talk, it is this. It is Rain is Coming. And I think that seems pretty fitting, <laughs> given the weather. I don't know what's going on. Everything seems to, I don't know. Um, <laughs> sometimes faith can be a bit of a roller coaster, and there can be points where we feel a bit stagnant, like we're running on empty. Uh, like we know that God is there for us, and for some reason we just feel a little bit dry, or like we're in some sort of drought. We might feel less enthusiastic or passionate to serve him. Um, perhaps we see him at work in other people's lives, or maybe even in our own life, but we just... I don't know, for some reason, even though he's providing us opportunities, we're just not feeling it. Or we might be disheartened because we're praying for something and it doesn't seem like God is answering. We might know God's promises and truths and yet they're just not sinking in. Well, I want to encourage us this morning that rain is coming, it is on its way. And if you are in a place of drought or if you end up in a place of drought, there's a way out. So if you do feel spiritually dry at the moment or that you're in a drought, then know that you are not alone. Um, firstly, for one, I know that recently I felt a little bit like this. Um, but as I've been preparing this, I've really just felt God's reign in my life. I'll talk a little bit more about that as we get to the end. Um, but for two, we also see plenty of people in the Bible that were thirsty for God and needed to be refreshed. Uh, one example is David in Psalm 63 verse 1, where we read that he earnestly seeks God. I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. We read more examples in Psalm 13, 42 and 85. Um, I really like the way that Derek Brown put it. Those who have tasted of the goodness of Christ know what it means to be without that taste. It leads us pleading, light up my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. And that's quoting from Psalm 13, verse 3. Uh, feelings virtually dry is something that we're all likely going to go through um, but we don't have to stay in that place we can remember what Jesus says to the woman at the well in John 4 verses 10 to 14 we read that Jesus answered her if you knew the gift of God who it is that asked you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water sir the woman said to draw with and the well is deep where can you get this living water are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It is through Jesus that we get refreshed. Um, he is the source of living water, um, but it is also important for us to understand why we might be feeling dry and how we can learn from it. So I've got a couple of um, ideas as to how, why we might be feeling a little bit spiritually dry. So the first one is we might be feeling a bit dry due to personal sin. 
Sin can cause us to feel distant from God because we're attempting to live our lives for ourselves instead of living it for God. Mark 8 verse 35 in the NLT says, If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. It can be so, so easy to try and grab hold of our own lives and steer it on our own course thinking that we know best or that in this situation, I don't need to worry about God, I can do this on my own. Um, but we just know that's not true. We, we need God. God is our strength. Unconfessing can cause us to lose the joy that is associated with our salvation. And that's what we see in Psalm 51 verse 12. And one remedy is to then confess sin. As we see in Psalm 32 and 1 John 1 verse 9, which reads, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What we need to remember, though, and it's a little bit of a theme, is that we need to trust God. We need to trust him with what his word says. We read, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. That's James 4, verse 8. Um, our loyalty shouldn't be divided, as we read of in Matthew 6, 24, because it will also dry us up. Um, I was just trying to think of examples in the Bible, and one that just came to me was Israel. They're constantly turning away from God, turning towards God, turning away from God. And, yeah, their, their split loyalty caused them to be dry. If we read Amos 4, verse 7 in the NIV, it says that God also withheld rain from you when the harvest was still three months away, I sent rain in one town, but withheld it from another. One field had rain, another had none, and dried up. They weren't just spiritually dry, but they were also physically dry. And as we see later, it's important to be watered and near the stream of all things good, near the source of the living water. Another reason why we might feel dry is because of physical, mental, or emotional pain. Sometimes God can really use these situations. Um, I know we've got examples in our own church where we've gone through hard times and God's just turned it around and drawn us closer to him. But sometimes, especially when you've been in pain for a long time, it can be really hard to see what God's doing in that situation. Um, one example from the Bible is Elijah. Uh, we read in 1 Kings 19 verse 1 to find that after he defeated the prophets of Baal, which is like an amazing thing, he ran a great distance and feared Queen Jezebel that she would put him to death. It's likely that he was physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted. But we read that God gave Elijah sustenance and rest. We see that in verses 5 to 8, and used a time of weakness to turn, turn things around. What's important here, and it's like I said earlier, it's turning to God. Like we read in James 4, verse 8, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. I know I've encountered this so many times in my own life where I felt burnt out and exhausted. And when we lean on God, we get strengthened. Like it says in Philippians 4.13, we can do all things through him who gives us strength. You might know someone in your own life that is hurting or is in pain, and you might just be the one to point them to Jesus, um, the source of the living water. Lastly, sometimes, like I said, God allows us to reach the low point before intervening in a really powerful way, just like Elijah. Um, can you think of, in your own life, a time where you've been at a low and God has just intervened and worked in a such a miraculous way? The time before God intervenes can feel really dry. 
But as we know from Psalm 23, verse 4, God is there with us, comforting us. One other prominent example in the Bible is before the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. That's found in Exodus 14. Um, they were trapped between Pharaoh's army and the sea, no escape. It seemed like God had led them into a death trap. And yet he used this, this time to perform a miracle that we still teach the kids today. That he divided the sea and they could escape on dry land. God can turn any situation around. I just think that's so encouraging. Um, we can remember Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. A phrase that I thought of, and it's a little bit cheesy, but I like it, and I think it's, I think it's good. It's this. It says, don't doubt in the drought. Don't doubt in the drought. Because rain is coming, we have a God who will provide that loves us and we can trust him. That's just some of the ways that we might be feeling dry. I'm sure there's many other ways. Um, but I want to look at the solutions that God offers when we do feel dry and tired and exhausted. But to do so, I want to look at what rain means in a biblical context. Um, so I did a quick search on the Bible app uh, for the word rain. There's a lot of verses that mention rain in the Bible. Um, and through the verses that I've looked through, I've tried to categorize the references into these three different categories that can help us overcome spiritual drought. There's a lot more verses that I could use, and, um, but this is just from the ones that I've read. So the first category of rain that we see in the Bible is what I'm calling teaching rain. Um, Deuteronomy 32 verse 2 says, let my teaching fall like rain, and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. To give us some context here, uh, this is Moses speaking to the Israelites, uh, wanting God's commands to sink in, because once again, Israel has turned against God. Um, and we learn here that God's teaching is like rain. It permeates our hearts and waters them. It sinks into the hardest of hearts. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God is alive and active. Just like Becky said, we are alive and active as well this morning. God's word is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Whoa. God's word is very, like, incredibly powerful. Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 13, this is a bit of a longer one. Um, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Where am I? And my thoughts and your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve for the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of a thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. There's a lot we could unpack there, but I just want to focus on remembering that God's word doesn't come back empty. It has the power to move us. God's word or rain causes the seeds that he's planted in us 
to blossom and grow and produce fruit. And some of those fruit we see as the fruits of the Spirit. We've already, we've already seen God's command to draw near to him um, and the fact that he will draw near to us. And we've now also seen that we're called to be just so heavily involved in his word, to seek him through it. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17, I'm sure you know it. Um, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We see faithfulness, mercy, and the love of God in his word. It's his word that sanctifies us, refreshes us. And as we read in John 17, 17, yeah, uh, God's word helps us to get us get to know him more and get to know Jesus. And as we said earlier, Jesus is the source of living water. He's the one that quenches our thirst. So that was teaching rain. The second type of rain that we see is rain that shows God's power, blessing, and authority. I saw a quote online that says that rain is referred to the blessing after a drought, a symbol of God's love and teachings to spread over the world, and even as a flood to wash away the sins of a corrupt world. This is a type of rain that we read of in Amos earlier, uh, but we also read it in Jeremiah 14, where there's a drought because of people's sins. Uh, it's the type of rain that flooded the earth in Genesis, and the rain that we read of in Zechariah 14, verse 17. This is like a massive contrast with this rain. We see one side that shows God's power, and where he prevents rain because of sin, and the other side shows us how his rain can really bless us, And, uh, where am I? Sorry. Uh, bless us like we read in Acts 14, 17 and Deuteronomy 28, 12. God is a blessing and so generous, and yet he's also to be respectfully feared as well. So how can this help us with spiritual drought? How, how can this help us? Well, we can experience this type of rain that pours blessing on us and shows God's power. In 1 Samuel 12, verse 18, we read that, Then Samuel called on the Lord, and the same day the Lord sent thunder and rain. So all the people stood in awe of the Lord and Samuel. We also read in James 5, verse 17 to 18, that Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. How did the rain come? Well, it was through prayer. They prayed. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When we seek God through prayer, we will find him, and we can pray that God will send his rain and quench our thirst. Jesus taught in Matthew 7, verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. When they prayed, the rain came. Prayer is the tap to releasing God's rain. The other way we can experience this type of rain is, and to help overcome spiritual drought, is through fellowship with other believers. Um, this is going back a long time. Uh, I spoke about fellowship at a Tuesday together Zoom meeting, so that's quite a while ago. Um, and I spoke about the importance of being together with other Christians. And this was one of the strengths of the early church, um, their sense of togetherness. Um, we read in Acts 2, verse 46 to 47, that... Every day they continued to meet together in temple court. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who had been saved. 
We can see so many verses in the Bible that encourage us to have fellowship together and to water each other's souls um, by prayerfully asking God's reign over our lives and blessing on each other. And I think one of the awesome things that we can learn from this is that by praying over other people too, we can help direct and send God's reign their way, encouraging and blessing them. While um, researching and um, writing this, I discovered a new word, uh, and it is koinonia. Uh, Koinonia is a Greek word that occurs about 20 times in the Bible, and its primary meaning is fellowship, sharing in common, communion. And that's pretty much Acts 2, 46 to 47. Koinonia is a key aspect of our Christian lives, where we share love, faith, and encouragement with one another. Philippians 2, verse 1 to 2 states that, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, uh, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Koinonia is being in agreement with one another, being united in a purpose and serving alongside one another. And this is something that's really important, especially when we're trying new things as a church, because being united makes us stronger. Our koinonia with each other is based on our common koinonia with Christ, the fact that we are one body. In 1 John 1, 6-7, we read in the NIV, If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. To try and understand a bit more of what Koinonia looks like, I discovered that you can study the phrase one another in the Bible to point us towards what it means. So, do excuse the mass amount of Bible references here, um, but it's good to be inspired by his word. Um, so, the Bible commands us to be de- devoted to one another and honour one another. That's from Romans 12, verse 10. To live in harmony with one another. That's Romans 12, 16, 1b to 3, verse 8. To accept one another. Romans 15, verse 7. To serve one another in love. That's Galatians 5, verse 13. To be kind and compassionate to one another. Ephesians 4, verse 32, to admonish one another, Colossians 3, 16, to encourage one another, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, and Hebrews 3, 13, to spur one another on to love and good deeds, that's Hebrews 10, verse 24, to offer hospitality, 1 Peter 4, verse 9, and love one another, that's 1 Peter 1, 22, 1 John 3, verse 11, chapter 3, verse 23, chapter 4, verse 7, and chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. That's a lot of stuff. That is a lot of stuff. And that's hard. That is very hard to to try and build this true biblical koinonia. And that, that's, my, that's part of my challenge today is whether we have this koinonia, whether we can do all those things. I'm not going to read it again because that was long. But yeah, that was the reign that blesses, shows God's blessing and power. The last type of rain is the rain that we see in the insurance that, the assurance, I mean, um, that rain is going to come. There's an expectancy, and from that expectancy, we can have excitement. Um, we see this in Acts 14, 17, and Hosea 6, 3, which reads, 
Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. As we were singing in the desert song that, you did a great job. Um, <laughs> as we were singing, we have a God who provides, a God who's provided for so many generations gone, provides for us today and will provide for us in the future. One thought that I liked is that through us, we can plant seeds through Christ in one another and the seeds that will blossom and grow. And we can know that God's going to send his rain. You might have spoken to someone about God and about Jesus years gone by, like we were saying about the people that used to come into church. We might have spoken to them about him and shared his good news with them. And we pray that God planted a seed in them. But what we can know is that if it's in God's will, his rain will come on those people. They will come back. They will encounter him and come in relationship to him. Isn't that encouraging? The lost will be found. If you are feeling spiritually dry or like you're burnt out, we can know that rain is coming. As I draw this message to a close, I briefly want to focus on Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 8, which is a little bit on from talking about rain and drought. But it says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. When we're feeling spiritually dry or drained or like we're in a drought, we can remember that if we trust in him, we are like this tree. We are near the source of life, the bringer of living water. We don't have to fear when we're in the doubt, drought. We don't need to doubt in the drought. Um, we're near the source of life and rain is coming. Blessing is coming. So, we need to, um, to recap briefly what I've talked about, uh, we've looked at the reason why we might feel spiritually dry and we've looked at the ways that we can overcome the spiritual drought through God. The first way, um, we can receive God's rain through his word, and that's the teaching rain. We can then release his rain through prayer and fellowship, and this is the rain that shows us God's power and blessing. And lastly, we can rejoice because of the assurance that we have that rain is going to come, rain is coming. We can be excited because greater things are still to come. As I touched upon earlier, I felt a little bit spiritually dry recently, and it has been a real blessing to, to read through this and to, to write this. Um, there's a real sense of God's reign just in our lives. And last week, I had the blessing of going to UCCF Forum, um, which is a Christian training camp kind of thing for students from Christian unions all over the UK, hence my amazing wristband. Um, <laughs> We had over a thousand students gathered together to learn how to share the gospel better on campus. And it was just so encouraging to be with so many people, to see God's reign in everyone's lives and how he just watered and refreshed each and every one of us while we were there. I think it's just so exciting to see what he's got in store for us in the future. It is so exciting. This was a pretty big topic. Um, and there's a lot more that we can uncover through going into his word a lot deeper. 
But I do hope that this encourages us to keep on going, to keep on keeping on and trust in him that the rain is coming, that God's blessing is coming. And even if we are in a drought, God has got good things in store for us. Um, I'm just going to pray as we get to the end. And then if the band could come up after, that'd be great. Um, shall we pray? God, I just want to thank you for the words that you've laid in my heart today. And I just want to thank you for your willingness and desire to show your love to us, to send your reign on us. I thank you that we can trust you and be assured that you will send your reign. I pray that if we're feeling dry, that you will refresh us, that you will bless us and help us to draw near to you because we're promised that you will draw near to us. God, I pray that you will help us in our own lives to, to draw near to you and to be the so near the source of living water. And I pray that we'll be encouraged that you have got so much good stored up for us, planned for us in the future. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.